Welcome to the Thriving Solopreneur Show, where you learn the stories and systems that have turned hardworking, self-employed business owners like yourself into highly successful, leisurely entrepreneurs. This show is dedicated to those who went into business for themselves because they had an idea or suggestion that ignited their passions to do more, to do it better, and to solve a problem in our community. Whether your business started in a basement, a garage, or at a kitchen table, this episode will bring to you a system, a tip, or an entrepreneur that has been where you are and can guide you to living the fulfilling life you desire for yourself. Here's your host and serial solopreneur, Janine Bolin. Hi, this is Janine Bolin with the Thriving Solopreneur Show. I am so thrilled that you were with us today because I am lucky enough to be interviewing Anita Stevens. Now, Anita, you may be like, wow, why, what's so great about this chick? Well, just give me a few minutes to tell you just how amazing this woman is. She has been making jewelry pieces for over 20 years. And literally, this was a hobby that got out of control. It was started off as just a little hobby. The next thing she knows, she has a whole room dedicated. It's a full-blown love affair because of that one little thing that happened. She discovered rock shops. And when when she figured out that these rock shops, basically, she could purchase real amethyst, real garnets, jaspers, turquoise, onyx, and so many other stones at such reasonable cross, her hobby just exploded. So for the last few years, she has been introduced to the metaphysical properties of stones and now really enjoys making pieces that have really special meanings for her customers. Now, one of the things that really intrigued me about Anita was a quote I happened to read of hers, and this is what she said. The thing that most fascinates me about stones and jewelry that we wear is that unless you are wearing man-made or synthetic stone, these pieces are ancient. Crystal formations don't happen without extreme heat and pressure from deep inside the earth. The building blocks of the universe have been inside the molten core of the planet. And by the time these crystals find their way to the surface, so we find them, they are millions of years old. So basically, when you're wearing a crystal of my design, you are wearing stardust. The minerals have been around since the creation of the planet. Welcome so much to our show today, Anita. Hi, Janine. Thanks for having me. That was that was a great introduction. <laughs> well, you know, when I get excited about what people are doing and what they are creating, yeah, you betcha. I'm going to be definitely talking about that. So I would love for you to kind of talk to us a little bit about, okay, this started off as a hobby. So what was the trigger? What got you started in this process? It's, um, well, it's kind of uh, two or three different things that started me. My husband's from New Mexico. So he grew up um, among all the Native American art and jewelry out there in, uh, in the Southwest. And, and then my son went out to Taos to live for a while and was talking about how he would meet some artists out there and would work together. And I said, well, you know what, I'm, I'm going to try that. And my husband had done it before. He had been beating and he knew how to do some things basic. So I said, okay, I'm going to start learning. And I just started putting together things and colors and designs and learned different ways to either string or put things on a wire. And it just, like you said, it just grew once I figured out I could buy turquoise and jaspers. 
<laughs> yeah, once you found out, what you mean I can walk into a rock shop and walk out with a bag of stones for a buck, you know, or whatever, you know, five dollars. Right. Some, some of them are very extremely uh, cost effective for a jewelry maker. So yeah, I'm sure you went to town. <laughs> I did, you know, and even though it's not a faceted and cut Tiffany quality garnet, it's a garnet. You know, it still has the same properties and the same energy and everything. So. Well, and it makes it, you know, it makes your jewelry then much more affordable to those who enjoy such things, especially for folks who don't want everything to be faceted because there is a certain joy and loveliness of raw stones or slightly polished stones. And so talk to us a little bit about that, about the type of clientele that you attract who are enjoying the stones for their, as they say, naked beauty. Well, that's, yeah, I do on my Facebook group and, and my page, I've done some polls and I say, are you a blingy person or are you, you know, you like the shiny cut stones or do you like the tumble stones or the rough nuggets? You know, what kind of, what, what draws you? Are you an earthy person? Or are you a blingy person? So um, if they're a blingy person, I'll try to, I'll try to combine the rough stones with, or at least like a rounded tumble stone with um, maybe a Swarovski crystal that offsets that color or that complements that color. Um, so, and, and then the, the little silver and gold highlights and the little pieces that you put in there with it that can catch, or if you even do hematite uh, that's polished, I've got some little squares. When you, the light hits it just a certain direction, it gives a little bling, you know, so it's nice. Yeah, so it doesn't matter if you're kind of earthy and you're not looking to attract a crow. Because <laughs> right. crows love our attractive jewelry out here in the desert southwest. <laughs> but but if you're a blingy person, that works. But then if you're an earthy person, uh, do you find that people really enjoy the wire wrapping that you do? Can you talk to us a little bit about that? I And just in the last couple of years, I started doing wire wrapping because I, I just I like the way it looks and it, it kind of frees frees you up from just having to put beads on a string. You don't have to have the pre-drill holes. You can work with rough shapes and things that aren't symmetrical. In fact, those are the best to wrap because they have little corners that grab the wire. Um, and, and I think it just shows off the stones. Some of those are just gorgeous. And so roughly, what are some of your custom pieces that you make? Because yes, you make pieces that are what they call the the fast grabbers, like at the fairs and stuff, you know, the $20, you know, or low, lower type thing. But I know you also do high quality, very custom pieces. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you really take the time to custom make these pieces for your for your demographic, for your people, your clients? Yes. Uh, two Two particular uh, instances come to mind, and both of them were for weddings. Uh, they were the, both of them were the mothers of the groom, <laughs> um, and one lady brought me an earring, and she goes, "I have this earring. Can you make me a necklace that matches it?" And we sat down and we started looking at the colors. The pearl she brought it was a pearl and then a purple, like an amethyst color glass crystal, um, and so. We sat down and said, okay, you know, do you want gold or silver? Do you want a single strand? Do you want a double strand? What are you looking for? How long does it need to be? Um, and then throughout the process, I would take pictures and see, this is what I've got together. What do you think? And she would say yes or no, or add something here. And um, at the end of that process, she had a necklace that she could wear to her son's wedding. 
And then the other lady um, kind of did the same thing, except that she brought me samples of the dress that she was having made so I could see the colors. And she wanted blingy. She wanted fun. She's a, a free spirit. You know, she wanted blingy. She wanted the you know, rough stones. So that was a fun necklace to make. We ended up making a triple uh, strand necklace for her. But then the wedding was going to be in Texas and it was going to be outdoors. She said, I don't want to wear the whole thing. So I made her a separate single strand, like a choker almost, that she could take off the big heavy part when she was outside and still have on the little short piece when she was um, outside. I, I love it that you're making literally convertible jewelry, you know, on on the, right. on the on the fly. You know, you have this stuff on the fly. So, you know, one of the things that I've noticed, especially with the way you were describing your business to me earlier, is that all of a sudden you started seeing your creations as more than just a pretty necklace. Can you describe yes. for us a little bit about that transformation? Because every business owner has that. They get into business thinking their business is going X Y Z way, like very linear thought process right all of a sudden the organic nature of nurturing wow. that business happens and it grows into something else so talk to us a little bit about that for your own um yeah it started getting into the learning more about the spiritual and the metaphysical part of the stones um and then i just tried as part of the marketing process i would make a certain stone if I wanted to do something for calming or if I wanted to do something for self-confidence. Um, I would research that stone and make necklaces um, that had those properties. And I have had people um, pick out a stone and say, I have the stone, will you please make me a necklace out of it? Because they like, they like the vibrations and the way it feels. So. That That is very common as you start getting into uh, different types of areas or different demographics. All of a sudden, your business takes on kind of a mind of its own and, and you find yourself marketing uh, what you do in, in a radically different way. So what were right. some of your challenges, you know, when you were doing that? All of a sudden, you went from, I'm making jewelry and I like these stones and these, look, these colors look nice to somebody's handing you a very important crystal <laughs> in their right. worldview, right. their paradigm, and they're asking you to do something with it. There must have been challenges with that. I was just nervous about that I will do justice to the stone and what, you know, if I can honor what the stone means to them and, and make it in a setting that they enjoy and that looks nice. Um, it's just, I'm always, are they going to like it? <laughs> Is this going to turn out the way, the way I want it to? <laughs> Said every creative ever, <laughs> every artist, every author, every creative I have ever interviewed, they all have that same, oh, I really hope they like this because I personally think this rocks, but right. as well, I'm thinking this is the best thing I could have done, but you always, it, there's always wanting to make sure that you're taking care of your client. So um, what are some of your favorite pieces that you've created? Uh, I have a triple strand necklace that I made out of Labradorite. And that has become one of my favorite stones. I have a big, huge triangular crystal sitting on my table in my living room. Um, and I love the legend. And I don't know how did it explain. It's like almost luminescent or pearlescent because if you hold Labradorite up to the light and move it, the colors change. It goes from green to gold to the blues. Um, and the 
I like the legend because it says it's fire that fell from the aurora borealis. That's the. That's just cool. That that's just really cool. And I went, oh, and because when you look at that, you can see, you know, the aurora borealis, the colors, the way they move across the sky. It looks like that in the stone. Well, that's fabulous. See, I'm a mental midget when it comes to <laughs> geology and when it comes and people that are really into stones and rocks really know their stuff. And you guys start rattling off all these words and I wait until you start talking color because that's <laughs> where I am because I don't right. know what a lot of these things are. And I, I used to teasing, I had a girlfriend who was very much into uh, geology and I used to say, look, I purposefully avoided inorganic chemistry. I'm an organic chemist, not right. an inorganic <laughs> Mainly because you you have a plethora of things to choose from. So this begs the question then, so Anita, have you ever duplicated a piece of jewelry? I've duplicated a design. But when you're working with <laughs> when you're working with natural materials, you can never duplicate the piece. Because each each rock is different. Each stone's gonna be different. It's it can have the same look, but it's not gonna be the same. Right. So most of the artists that I talk to, especially people like yourself who do design, who are constantly expanding their gifts, what do you do to still learn and create when it comes to your craft? Because like mm -hmm. any art, it's always evolving. So where do you right. see your business, your creation evolving to? Do you have a vision for that? I do. <laughs> I have a couple. I took a metal uh, smithing class last year. And I learned that I need to start the first grade over again. I was supposed, <laughs> to, I was supposed to make three rings. I made one. Um, and it was just, a, it's so time consuming and how the, the artistry that goes into just making a simple ring of silver with a little stone in it is amazing. Um, and then the other thing I want to do is just this weekend, well, I had, I've had this in the back of my mind for a while, but this weekend I had a lady call me. Uh, that I haven't seen for years. And she wanted me to make a necklace for her granddaughter. Um, she likes her name. Um, her birthday's in April. But she also likes like cord and she, not necessarily on a chain, like a ribbon or a cord necklaces. And so I'm going, I've been thinking about doing macrame necklaces for a while. And I'm going to, I've been, this weekend I practiced doing some like hemp hemp work, like braiding and doing the macrame. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to start incorporating some of that. Who knew we would be bringing the seventies plant hanging macrame that we, some of us had to do in kindergarten and others are a little older than me and they go, Oh honey, not kindergarten. I was doing this in high school. What are you talking about? But I mean, it's like one of those things who thought macrame would come back as an accessory for jewelry or something like that. It's been a long time for that craft. It has been. And, and, the, and there's, you know, you can do like silk cords now instead of the rough, macrame stuff that we used to work with you can use the silk cording and it just makes it so shiny and pretty and i've seen some amazing pieces of neck art you know necklaces yeah. that are literal pieces of art done with amazing natural fibers uh yeah. and when you see that starting to pop on models in Paris, you know, wow, we've, we've transcended the blue jeans and <laughs> peace loving right. 1970s. We've gone to a whole new level with this. <laughs> There's a whole, whole range of 
colors of thread and cord that you can use. So I, I'm going to start trying to incorporate some of that in my uh, my stones and work with that. Well, it sounds lovely. Well, Anita, thank you so much for sharing with us. So with what you know now, what we try to do with the Thriving Solopreneur Show is you are at a point in your career where you're expanding, you're growing, you're learning, you're adding more skill sets and all that. What couple piece of, pieces of advice would you give to your younger self, like just starting the business? What are some things that you had wished you had known? And can you pass those on to people who are just jumpstarting their business? I wish I had started earlier. And I wish I had taken myself seriously. And so what does that mean for you? A lot of people say that they like, is it that you had a dream to do this and you just were nervous about starting it? Or what was the thing that kind of held you back? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was uh, a self-confidence thing. It was, nobody's going to wonder, this is just some little pieces I put together in my kitchen or on my dining room table, you know. Um, and it took me a while to get self-confidence out there that, no, this is really nice stuff. <laughs> you know, because people would tell me, this is great. I love this. Um, you need to see, you need, you need to, um, you need to be able to sell your jewelry. So it took me a while to get the self-confidence to get out there. So I hear that occasionally people are like, yeah, but this is just something I put together. It was for my own pleasure. I was enjoying myself. I almost feel like if I start to make it a business, I'll stop enjoying myself. And I've heard that. And I know that that is a way to keep you from doing what your dreams are, right? Mm -hmm. I know that that's an excuse. How did you navigate around that excuse that tried to rear its ugly head in your when you were first starting out? Um, I did a lot of reading, uh, uh, self-confidence, you know, how to trust yourself. Um, and it took a while to do that, but it's getting there. Yeah. But now you're making pieces for weddings. I mean, come on, that is saying something, not just <laughs> everybody true. can make custom pieces for weddings. When somebody says here, this is an earring. Would you make a three stranded necklace? Oh, by the way, that's convertible. So that I can wear it inside <laughs> and out. I'm sorry. That is like mind blowing <laughs> to me as somebody who does not do that craft, right? That art. That's amazing. And so, uh, so confidence is definitely key. So definitely go after your dream. If you have an interest, if you have an interest, make sure you're doing your hobby and make sure that you stick with it long enough so that, yeah, eventually you will be able to start paying for your supplies. Right. <laughs> That's what I tell artists. It's like, it's not about you making money so you can get rich. It's about you making enough money that you can stay, continue to create so you can continue to take the silver smithing classes. Right. Maybe you want to learn another skill set. You want to make money enough so that you can continue on in your exploration. So right. say we have somebody out there that wants, they've got an idea for this neat new jewelry making that they, you know, that is their craft. What is a, a piece of advice that you can give them? And this last year, you know, when COVID hit, it's become a real self, self-realization journey. And I've started reading a lot of the, um, um, like uh, what I can't remember Florence Shul, uh, Scoville Shin uh, and the Secret and um, 
just started listening to a lot of people and a lot of the podcasts. I finally I discovered podcasts and and it's just inspirational to teach you how to trust your own intuition. And everybody is here on this earth has something they can do. I can't do what you do. You can't do what I do, but you can do what you do. And just if it's if it's in you and it's your idea, that is your path and have the confidence to know that that is your path. And to go after it with both hands if you can. And if you work in two full-time jobs or two part-time yep. jobs, then make it a third side hack or something. But that yeah. creativity is needed. That beauty is needed on this on this planet. Yeah. So say somebody is listening to this podcast, they're like, I want to get to know this Anita Stevens a lot better. <laughs> so where do they go? What do they how do they get a hold of you? Uh well, um, I have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. It's Pieces of Earth for You. Uh, it's Pieces of Earth, one of a kind jewelry design. It's a little, it's a long name, but <laughs> um, it's pretty specific. Um, and then uh, you can always come, uh, uh, email is Pieces of Earth for You at gmail.com. Okay. Oh, and it's the number four, Pieces of Earth, number four, the letter U. Okay. There you go. Pieces of earth for you at gmail.com. And that's Anita Stevens with us today. Thank you so much for being with us, dear. I appreciate you taking time. Thank you, Janine. Thank you for asking me. It was great. And this is Janine Bullen with the Thriving Solopreneur Show. Please stay in touch. We broadcast every Friday. You will find a new show presented to you. And remember, you keep your feet firmly planted on this ground while you reach for those dreams that are in the stars. You can do it, and we have confidence in you. Take care. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Thriving Solopreneur Show. We hope you found this episode helpful and uplifting. Be sure to visit us at JanineBolin.com forward slash podcast, where you'll find a library of videos, books, and podcast programs to guide you to the future you envision for yourself. We also ask that you visit our sponsor, The8Gates.com, for the books and online courses that share with you the debt-free living lifestyle that allows business owners like yourself to flourish. Have a great day, and see you next time.